transform your Christian school culture through the flourishing journey with Dr. Edward Bunn, ACSI Professional Development Director. Welcome to the Flourishing Journey Podcast. I am Dr. Edward Bunn, and I will serve as your travel guide throughout this podcast series. We will explore strategies and principles for building a school culture that truly thrives. Each month, we will take a brief pit stop, centering around a relevant flourishing construct as together we journey into the world of ideas, research, and practice. Hello, flourishing practitioners. Today, we're taking a pit stop to consider the flourishing construct of professional development. In a recent blog, head of school Matt Kwiatkowski states, professional development truly develops educators or provides long-term value in their growth as professionals, which ultimately translates into improved student outcomes. Well, with this in mind, I'm excited to have special guest Cindy Dodds as we talk about highly effective professional development. Cindy is the Vice President of Flourishing Initiatives at ACSI. Before joining, joining ACSI as a part of her 20 years in Christian school leadership, she served as head of school for two Christian schools in Pennsylvania. Dodds is most recognized for her commitment to continuous school improvement and her passion for leadership development. Cindy, welcome. Well, hello, Edward. It's good to be with you and our viewers as we discuss a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and that is professional development, an important construct of the teaching and learning domain. I'm looking forward to sharing some great nuggets from Dr. Lynn Swanner's literature review and research on this subject. Oh, this is all so exciting, Cindy. So uh, let's dive into our first question. So what are some key features of effective professional development? Well, Edward, there are six key features of effective professional development that I wanna highlight today. Number one, your PD should be content focused. What I mean by that is it should be focused on the specific academic subject matter taught by teachers or a new methodology that you want your teachers to adopt and practice. For example, content-focused professional development might include defining a sequence of learning from PK through 12th in a subject area, a vocabulary ladder for learning, that links generic and conceptual language, a lens for pedagogy and active learning that leads students to the acquisition of deep knowledge, conceptual understanding, and skills competence, a focus on assessment and learner outcomes, or providing guidelines for biblical worldview integration. A second key feature involves active learning which is the opposite of teachers passively listening to or watching a presentation of information. This may involve role-playing, case studies, group projects, think, pair, and share sessions, peer teaching or modeling, debates, short demonstrations with engagement questions for discussion, or creating something usable for the classroom. Third, your professional development needs to be coherent and in perfect alignment with the school's overarching goals, including mission, vision, and expected student outcomes. When that happens, teachers begin to connect the dots. Fourth, 
Duration of professional development matters. It should never be a one and done conference. It needs to be consistently reinforced over a longer span of time and provide a greater total number of hours spent on the PD topic, even if it's just piloting something in the classroom and giving feedback on it. The fifth feature is collective participation. This requires a bit of planning, but results in grouping teachers together in work groups, both small and large for learning, for research or planning. This helps teachers understand the why, but also provides a sense of ownership over their learning. And this final feature is important to our Christian schools, and that is biblical integration. Sometimes a biblical philosophy needs to be understood for the training to take hold. For example, if you're considering training teachers to be responsive to students with special needs, you should be able to find biblical principles for that and develop a biblical philosophy for why they need to become proficient in that area. If you're looking at training in an academic subject area, you'll want to biblically integrate your content in the same way you would expect teachers to do. This kind of modeling can be powerful. Hmm, well, thanks, Cindy. Uh, you know, a couple of the features that, that stand, stood out to me were, you know, active learning and collective participation because it, it gives educators just this true sense of application, a true sense of ownership over their learning. Well, question number two kind of builds upon the first question. We looked at features in the first question, but in the second question, describe some methods of professional development that create healthy growth. Well, the first method I'd like to highlight and the one most teachers and leaders are familiar with is direct delivery. Workshops, seminars, and conferences that are held within your school or outside of your school that are specific to the identified needs of the school. This should never be a smorgasbord of whatever session teachers want to attend. These types of events usually kickstart a longer-term professional development journey. After an event like this, leaders can follow up with another important method that helps educators go deeper. Now I'm describing an intensive institute. This is deep instruction and engagement with a particular topic, generally over a longer period of time, usually resulting in a project or program plan and execution. A third method that many of our schools use is professional learning communities. This can be described as a group of educators that meets regularly, shares expertise, and works collaboratively to improve teaching skills and the academic performance of students. Typical essential questions for PLCs are questions like, what do we want students to learn? How do we know they learned it? How will we respond to students who don't learn it? And how will we respond to students who already know it? Coaching is another great method. Its purpose is to help an adult learner improve their practice, whether that is teaching or leadership. Coaching is far more structured than mentoring. Effective coaching is anchored in goals, the coachee's goals, the school's goals, and student goals. And the sister to a coaching method is mentoring. This is particularly important for new teachers. A mentor is an insider in a system, 
an expert in a field who supports a novice. A mentor for a new teacher might be an experienced teacher in the same school or school system. For example, a mentor could help a new teacher understand how to use the online homework platform or could offer tips on how to build relationships with the school's front office and custodial staff. A mentor shows a new teacher the ropes and helps them get through the transition. A mentor passes on knowledge, experience, and helps a mentee make connections to essential people in the school. Another method is inquiry-based PD. This is a great method that utilizes action research and problem-based learning. This enables teachers to have some control over their learning and also lets them experience inquiry learning in action, which is a good strategy for their classroom as well. And finally, I don't wanna forget online formats. Digital learning provided on demand allows schools to maximize their time and money. It provides differentiated, individualized instruction for teachers and provides it in a flexible manner. An additional benefit is the opportunity to collaborate with educators outside of the sphere of their school community. That's of course the goal of the ACSI PD online platform, as well as our community platform. That's uh, great, Cindy. You know, uh, some great methods, some high quality methods, but you also gave our flourishing practitioners uh, some great essential questions that can be used to guide effective PLCs. So not only defining PLCs, but what are some guiding questions that we can utilize to make them more effective? So thanks for sharing that. But our, our next question, let's think um, customization. Let's think personalization. So how do you move PD from an event culture or a one-time training to a customized journey which enables a true growth plan running deep into the very DNA of schools? That's a great question. The process for moving to a customized journey that is tailored to your school specific need is first to use several data points to assess what areas need to be strengthened in your school. I would suggest an overall culture instrument, perhaps like the flourishing school culture instrument and or the flourishing faith index, along with important academic data points that come from your standardized academic testing. Another great resource for determining your school's needs can come from accreditation recommendations and or conducting a SWOT analysis within the school's constituency. Next, use a collaborative approach to analyze the data. Do some white paper research and literature reviews before developing a school-wide professional development plan. And then create a plan that can be executed over a duration of time, integrating the features and methods that I described earlier. Executing that plan needs to start at the macro level by creating professional development for the entire school faculty. This sets the vision and framework for the PD. Then moving it to the department level or grade level before cascading down to a more individualized professional development. This training should all be in synchronization with one another, cascading downward. Yeah, I love that. You know, starting at the macro level and cascading downward. 
what great strategies for moving PD into the very DNA of schools. So, you know, one last question today is, um, what are beneficial ways that school leaders can actually assess professional development for both relevance and impact? Well, first of all, I recommend a collaborative approach to understanding your data points and their relevance to your missional goals. This can be done through work groups that explore the problem together, asking the question, what is the gap between what's really going on and the ideal? Um, by describing objectives, what do you want? What do you want? Why do you want that for your school? And what it would yield for teachers and their students. And then identifying stakeholders who will be impacted by the outcomes of this professional development. Consider constraints. Ask what must be preserved. What are the uncontrollable variables? And then deliberate the options and start planning. How could we get there? What are the pros and cons? This is where you create the plan or adapt something that you've been piloting. After implementation has had time to set, you will want to go back to the original data points to see if you've made progress. What I have found in leading professional development in a school setting is that creating a culture of school-based professional development that aligns with the methods and features I described today leads to significant school improvement, but it also deepens relationships and collaboration among the entire school staff, ultimately impacting students in positive ways. I love it when students notice that their teachers are learners too. I love that. I love it when our teachers notice, or excuse me, our students notice. That's so powerful. Um, well, thank you so much, Cindy, for taking a pit stop with us today around the flourishing construct of professional development, uh, sharing some ideas, research, and strategies. Thank you. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's been a joy to be with you and our listeners today. Well, join us next time on the Flourishing Journey podcast as we expand our thinking around professional development by highlighting the design expansion and benefits of school-based professional development programs. The Flourishing Journey is a presentation of the Association of Christian Schools International. Foster a flourishing school culture by visiting acsi.org flourishing.